Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that registration is currently open for the win, win, win $1,000 year end challenge, which is starting on Sunday, November 22nd. Registration is open through December 8th, and I hope as many of you can join me as possible. It's at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash challenge. Now, let's pretend that we are in a post-COVID world. And you and I are sitting at a cafe having a lovely, non-socially distanced cup of coffee. And then let's say that I ask you to describe your business model to me. Not what you do, like I'm a wedding photographer, et cetera, et cetera, but how you do it. What is your process? How long would it take you to explain that to me? 20 minutes? 10 could you write the whole thing out on the little cocktail napkin that they gave me with my biscotti? <laughs> Today, I want to talk about creating a clear business process that you can concisely describe. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I think it's important that you do that, both for yourself and for your clients. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. So... When I talk about a business process, I'm kind of talking about a flowchart of sorts, and that flowchart encompasses three major things. Number one, how do you help people find you and your business and come into contact with your brand? So that's kind of the marketing piece. And then the second piece is how do you then convert them from followers or you know people who are aware of your brand to actual paying customers and clients. And typically that's going to involve kind of your unique value proposition. And that can all be sort of put under the um, umbrella of sales. So we've got marketing and then we have sales. And then the third big piece is how do you serve those clients, both in the short term for the part that they have immediately hired you for, and then over the long term. So what is your process or system for giving people a great experience and either bringing them back or actively leveraging them as a part of your referral network? And that would fall under sort of the client satisfaction and retention piece. So you've got marketing and then sales and then retention and satisfaction. And the reason that I want you to be able to write this process out in a tiny space like the back of a napkin is that we as entrepreneurs, usually solopreneurs, are not running giant corporations with entire teams and divisions of our companies dedicated to one piece like the marketing team or the sales team or the client experience division. We are, with very few exceptions, wearing all of these hats ourselves. And what happens when we start using lots of strategies at each stage is that we overextend ourselves, we get ourselves confused, and we ultimately don't do any of those things well. And even worse, 
we don't communicate those things well because there's too much to communicate. It requires too much energy for people to understand. So not only are we confusing ourselves, we're confusing the people who could then hire us. So I was going to explain this to you in terms first of my own business. So if I were writing out my photography business process on a napkin, I would start with three things on the left side of the napkin. And this is my sort of marketing piece. So the three major ways that people find me are through SEO. I've been in business for a long time now. And so, and I've been in my same area the whole time. So I have pretty good SEO results. People do find me on social media. I'm relatively consistent (laughs) about posting. I'm not great at it by any means, but people do find me there. And then, and then referrals. And that's certainly kind of the best way that, you know, that's those leads that come in through referrals are usually better leads in general. But those are the three uh, points on the marketing side that if I had to choose things to concentrate on, which I do, then those would be the three. Then when it comes to converting those people, when they do reach out to inquire about a session, converting them from inquiries to clients, you guys already know that I am all about getting them on the phone. And among several other reasons for wanting to get them on the phone, I believe that that phone call allows me to showcase my unique value proposition, which oddly enough, (laughs) isn't really, it doesn't really have anything to do with my photos. I look at my unique value proposition as my confidence. And I recognize that that sounds weird, but hear me out. I generally figure that if someone is getting in touch with me, they like my photos. I can just assume that my style, you know, works for them. And although I talk a little bit about that, I don't spend a lot of time telling them about my style or my like philosophy unless what they are saying to me tells me that they're looking for something I don't do. Like if they start talking about, you know, I love posed newborn photos, I'm going to pick up on that and say, oh, that's interesting. I don't do that at all. (laughs) So what I do when I get on the phone with people is I actively listen very carefully to figure out what it is that they are worried about or nervous about. Because the fact of the matter is that almost everyone who is considering hiring a photographer, even if they've done it before, they feel at least some amount of nervousness about some part of the process. They might be nervous about how they're going to look. They might be nervous about the money they're going to spend. They might be nervous about whether their kids are going to behave or their partner is going to hate the process or the weather is not going to cooperate or whatever that thing may be. There's always at least something, sometimes more than one thing, that a potential client is concerned about. And so as we're chatting and we're talking about, you know, photos in general and where they live, and we're just kind of making a limited amount of chit chat, as soon as I can figure out what the thing is that has them nervous is, I spend some time talking about that thing. I tell stories about that issue, how it's come up in the past, how I've handled it in the past. If it's something that I have policies for. I'll talk about that. I will talk about, for instance, how almost everyone that they see on my website or in my Instagram feed at some point or another has told me that 
they hate photos of themselves or they're unphotogenic or something like that. And so what I'm doing there is I'm overcoming objections, but if I'm doing it well, oftentimes they haven't even explicitly stated that objection. It's like I can hear it in their voice, that little thing that's got them nervous, and I just kind of get out in front of it and I address it in a way that doesn't make it a big deal. It kind of calms their nerves because it becomes clear to them that this is an issue that I am totally aware of and able to handle. And I'm a little off track here. I recognize that I'm talking about my <laughs> my thing. And I'm going to get back to sort of the overall theme of the podcast here for a minute. But I do just want to make a point here because this is, it's a little off topic, but it's also a really important thing, especially if you are on the newer end of things. I obviously recognize that when it comes to confidence, experience makes a big difference when you're getting on the phone. It's hard to be confident if you're not confident, right? I totally get that. But whether or not you feel a thousand percent confident on the inside, as the professional, you do need to project your own confidence so that your clients can relax knowing that you have them covered. Obviously, if you're in business and you're talking to potential clients, I'm assuming that you have reliable equipment and a reasonably good grasp on how to use it. So I'm not suggesting here that you are reckless or you make promises you can't keep or you're irresponsible in any way with your confidence. Just that you give your clients and potential clients the feeling that when they hire you, they are making a good decision and they are going to be in good hands because we are not performing brain surgery here. This is something that, you know, you can do. You can rise to the challenge and give them a great experience and make great photos for them. If you don't believe that you can do that, that is a different issue altogether. But if you believe that on the inside, you need to be willing to project that on the outside because the fact that this is what I believe is one of the sort of unique value propositions for me in a market that is very full of photographers says that a lot of people aren't approaching their client interactions or their potential client interactions in that way. So aside over, <laughs> back to kind of my sales process. First, I make them feel really confident about the wor- the prospect of working with me. And then I describe the one simple process that they will go through as one of my clients. So once upon a time, I used to offer a whole bunch of different kinds of sessions, depending mostly on what I was photographing. So like if you were a newborn client or a senior client or a family client, or if you you know wanted to hire me for a baby plan, those things were all priced differently and they included different things. These days, I keep it all really, really simple. It's all the same price, there's always the same options, and me talking about this one kind of path that they're going to follow makes it really easy, not only for them to understand, but it's also easy for me to keep track of. So, you know, if somebody hires me and their session is a month later, I don't have to go back and look up to see what I've offered them or double check my emails to see whether they upgraded to the such and such package. It's all just kind of one basic system. And likewise, actually booking me is really easy. It takes like five minutes for them to fill out the paperwork and enter their credit card online. So if we go back to the napkin, on the far left for marketing, I've got SEO, social media, and word of mouth, and all of those things lead to my sales process, 
which happens on a phone call. And in the span of that 15 minutes, I'm able to instill confidence, talk them through my process, and tell them what the next steps are, which take five minutes for them. Then once they hire me, assuming they do, the client satisfaction and retention phase kicks in. And for me, that whole thing centers around the simple sales process. So if you don't know about the simple sales process, I teach it. You can get access to the masterclass that I teach on thiscan'tbethathard.com slash simple. But basically that process is, you know, encompasses the education of the client, the session itself, the slideshow, the collections, and then their access to their gallery. And because all of that is really systematized, it's easy for me to manage that as just one person. At any given time, I can kind of look, I know exactly where they are in the process, and almost always, I mean, obviously there are exceptions, but almost always it goes really smoothly and seamlessly, and it gives It's easy for me, but it also gives my clients this really positive experience of working with me. So that's that like client satisfaction piece. And that used to be kind of the end of the line in terms of my napkin. I would rely on the positive experience that they had to then encourage them to either come back and work with me later or refer their friends or both. And those things happened. But once I got that process kind of dialed in and I had some space, some headspace, I started to think about how I could improve that retention piece of the client satisfaction and retention. And that was when I came up with the membership process that I teach about in Revenue on Repeat, the course that that I offer. So assuming that I liked working with that client and I want to work with them again, I invite them into my yearbook club and that more or less establishes them as a customer for (laughs) maybe not life, but several years. So I have consistent income from them over the course of a while and they're not out like hunting for a different photographer or thinking about like, oh, we could hire a photographer, but we'll just put it off till next year because I want to lose that 10 pounds or whatever. Like it's just kind of automatically on the schedule. So again, it's this process in total is really simple for me to think about. It's simple for me to explain and it would totally fit on a tiny napkin. We've got those three strategies for bringing people in. I get them on the phone and sell to them. Once they book, I put them through the simple sales system. And then assuming that I liked working with them, I invite them into my membership. It's basically four Uh, dots in a line. But there are plenty of other ways that photographers do this uh, successfully. So like if you are a wedding photographer, maybe you attract your clients through some combination of networking with planners and venues or participating in wedding shows. And then your sales process, maybe you meet your clients in person and maybe you offer a bonus or like an engagement session if they sign a contract while you're there together. And then once you have worked with them and the wedding is over, maybe your retention piece is that, or not retention. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're someone who offers family sessions down the road, you know, you stay in touch with them by sending them anniversary cards or something like that, just to keep yourself top of mind. Or maybe you have a really good referral program that earns people points in your store or something if like, their bridesmaids go on to hire you. So it's, you know, different people have different things. Another example might be like a boudoir photographer and you're 
you're attracting clients using maybe you have like a really body positivity focused blog and social media that garners like a big following and then you host portrait events where people can you know book themselves in for portraits and then you have a really great referral program that fills uh, your spots and keeps everybody coming back and sharing your info with their friends my point is there's not any one right version or process, but there are <laughs> wrong processes or overcomplicated processes. And that is why I actually want you to sit down and really think through what your process is. Writing your process out like a little flowchart and making sure that it's streamlined and organized can really help you see where your issues are. Like, places where you might be confusing potential clients or spreading yourself too thin or leaving money on the table. One thing that I see a lot of times is just that during the sales process, you are offering too many options. So even if you have multiple options, even if you don't want to offer just one kind of session, the thing that I recommend is that you, again, get on the phone with someone so that you don't have to throw all this information at them. And then when you're in that listening phase, listening to what it is that they're looking for, you make decisions and weed out options so that you are basically selling somebody on one thing. This is what I recommend for you. And you talk them through that. And then if somehow you've misjudged and they say, well, that sounds great. That newborn session sounds great. But actually, I was really looking for something like a multi, you know, a three session package. Then you can say, oh, wonderful. I do offer that. And you could change the conversation. But you don't want to start by saying, well, you could sign up for a family session with me or you could do a newborn session and that costs this or you could do a multi three session package over the course of the baby's first year. And that costs that it's too much information. You're confusing them. And honestly, you're just, you're expending a lot of energy in a, in a poor sales position. So, so you want to get that really nice and streamlined. Having that very simplified flowchart can also help you ensure that you are staying focused on the right things when you're working on your business. When we don't have a clear sense of our process or our funnel, it's a lot easier to get sidetracked where we end up wasting time or money or both. So four questions you can ask yourself as you are looking at your little flowchart are, are you getting enough inquiries? And if you're not, then you can work on that marketing piece of your flowchart. If you are getting enough inquiries, but you're not converting them to paying clients, then you want to focus on the sales portion of that flowchart. And then it comes to, are your clients happy with the experience and are they coming back to you? And if the answers to either of those are no, then you want to tweak the, the last portion of your flowchart. And if the answers to all of those are yes, then great. You can either stay the course, you can optimize some of that, you can work on you know, bumping your prices until you need to work on your marketing piece a little bit more. There are lots of ways to, to manage that. That's a, that's a good position to be in. But regardless, the answers to those questions should be the primary driver of how you spend time and money on your business. 
So the flowchart is just a quick way to ascertain where things are going well and where they need to be optimized. So I strongly encourage you to sit down today and spend 10 minutes just mapping out the flowchart of your business. See if you can do it concisely enough that you could fit it onto the back of a cocktail napkin. And if you can't, consider whether you might be overcomplicating your business. As we head into the new year, I feel like it's a really great time for you to start thinking about things like structural changes. And I am a big believer that the best structural changes in your business are going to be those that help make things less complicated, not more. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.